I'm Corey Novotny. I'm Brian Wells. And you're listening to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. So we call ourselves a mostly sports podcast, and I, I think you and I have acknowledged plenty of times before, we're probably mostly football in addition to other sports at that. I mean, it's the one that we know the best and talk about the, the best nationally, and it's just easier when there's only one game a weekend. Should we re- rename it, he's done it, a mostly sports, but mostly football podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we could. I mean, this time of year, certainly, there are episodes where it is like almost exclusively football, but you know, we are in, in the sports month of October, and there's a it, lot of other sports going on that we do need to squeeze in, and uh, this is a week where we actually plan around other sports instead of around football like we normally do. I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious that football is the easiest to talk about because we've talked about this off air too, that when it comes to non-football sports, you feel really great about your your team, the local team, the, the team that you root for. When you but, say really great, you mean really great in terms of you can talk about them, you know what's going on, you name players on the team, not necessarily great in how they're going to perform on the field. Yeah. Slash court. <laughs> uh, Depends on the I, team. It depends uh, on the team and sport. I don't know. I just feel like for football, it doesn't matter which team it is. I feel right. confident talking about any of them. It's a fantasy While football effect. That that's that is certainly a part of it. I won't deny that. And then when it comes to the other three sports, I I I, I like to believe I'm a hardcore fan of the other three teams of the of the Red Sox, Celtics, and Bruins. Um, but then in terms of like the rest of the league, yes, you can talk about them a little bit, at least me personally, but it's just more fun talking about football. Right. I agree with that. And uh, yeah, hardcore Celtics fans, but we're recording in the middle of the first game of the season. So, you know, I'll turn on the TV. I don't care. Yeah. Now we'll have them (laughs) on in the background. We'll keep up with that game against the Knicks. Um, you know, baseball, uh, two game sevens, you know, it's, uh, you only get so many baseball games that you really want to tune into and uh, yeah. I thought it made more sense to be able to talk about those series knowing what happened versus speculating on what might happen especially knowing that our, our uh, thoughts on that would probably not be correct the the following morning so nope <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway just kind of wanted to explain just for the fact that we're releasing a day late so if you're wondering why there's no podcast on Wednesday it was because you know other sports outside of football took precedent this week but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't look back and talk about what happened in week seven and uh rare opportunity for you to talk about the patriots winning a game this year in a game against an actual real nfl team and quarterback at that i'll certainly take the l in saying that it was a lock that the bills were going to win because that didn't even happen the patriots ended up winning and look i thought it would be a competitive game anyway because the Bills, they're really losing some guys defensively where they already lost Tredavious White and Matt Milano, Daquan Jones. Then they didn't even have Ed Oliver for the game as well. And so I felt that the Patriots could keep it competitive and run and run the football effectively. But I, I, mean, I didn't expect them to win. I thought it'd be like a 27-17 game, something like that, where it'd be interesting for a bit, but Buffalo would still win. But yeah, definitely a good win for the Patriots. It's frustrating that they couldn't show... This kind of performance and, I don't know, against 
past you know, past weeks against lesser right. teams. Like the Saints. Say what you want about, about Buffalo, but I do think they're better than some of the teams that the, the Patriots have lost to and teams like the Saints and the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Buffalo is certainly reeling right now, but it, it they, they still should be viewed as better. It's, it's one of those surprise wins where it's like, oh, wow, like, okay, the Patriots are still good enough to win games and beat a team that is better, but also, like, okay, now we're just two and five when this type of win could, you know, have us feeling good about our, our playoff chances and beyond. Yeah, I, I think the Patriots, yeah, it's still, it's just one game, even though it was against a, a good football team, they're still two and five. And now if they do this against Miami on the road in that weather against that kind of offense, then you could start the conversation of like, all right, maybe the Patriots can make a run here because, after Buffalo and Miami, they got some, in my opinion, and maybe other people's opinions, very winnable games, even for their right. standards right now. I agree. Now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had the conversation about the schedule last last week. Yeah, with like, the, well, the Colts, Patriots they don't have Richardson win. anymore. Yeah, Not that right. Minshew's really a drop-off. You can I mean, the, yeah, the Giants. Maybe say or, it's an upgrade. The Giants yeah. blow. The Patriots right. are better than them. <laughs> I mean, and an even team like a, like the Chargers have not been as great Chargers as have think. always sucked against the Patriots, and maybe they just suck, period, <laughs> at this <laughs> right, point. Right, but opportunities to win games, but at the same time, those other teams are also considering the Patriots an opportunity right. to win like we games, mentioned so. last week. And so... yeah. I'm definitely no guarantees. I'll admit, I still think the Miami game is Miami, in my opinion, as long as they uh, have are healthy. Because Tyreek did miss practice today, but I still think as long as they're healthy, I think Miami should still fairly, you know, win a fairly, uh, fairly comfortably. Yeah, I mean the the Dolphins did uh, beat the Patriots in Gillette. It was it was a one score game. But uh, yeah, it was a one score game, but Miami had control of that game for Uh pretty much the the entirety of that game. Yeah, I think to me, this game, it could potentially be a launching pad. I think it comes down to what happens in Miami um, because, you know, the difference between three and five with that schedule and two and six is pretty significant. Because yeah, you're talking I, about, you know, just oh, nice, nice little win versus hey, this could kind of get us going. So because if you beat if you beat Buffalo and Miami, then you're talking, and then you could talk about what the path is for the Patriots to make it to the postseason. Right, beating Which, I mean, two legit teams, crazy in, in thing, their division. Yeah, they are two and zero in their about, division, but... and just zero and five against. If we're following that well, trend, it's possible no, that they the can Dolphins, win. So two and one. In oh, two, excuse me, two and one. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, they, but all, their wins are against <laughs> in right. their division. Yeah, I mean, it's a different animal when you're playing in the divisions. One of those, you know, they people joke about throwing out the record books of certain teams, but the reality is when you play a team twice every single year, you kind of get comfortable with them, and it levels the playing field in a lot of ways. Uh, I think, to me, the, the two big questions that I have right now are, Mac Jones, are you starting to buy into him after this best performance? Let's start off with that, first of all. Well... A broken clock is right twice a day, right? <laughs> true. <laughs> that might true. be a way of saying no, but uh, at the same time, it, you know the the O line d- did look better, and because of that, that gave Mac more time to more time in the pocket to get find guys open, and he looked a lot better, which is which is stating the obvious. But am I like all of a sudden a believer now? Like, it, not not really, but but. It shows you what Mac can do when he does. His surroundings are better in that. So not only did the O line do a good job this past Sunday, but 
uh, you know, Kendrick Bourne, he's had a really solid year. He, he he had that bad fumble, but you know, other than that, he's been really good this year. And then they finally got Pop Douglas involved in the yep. offense, and he should be much more involved in the offense than they've uh, than he's been involved this year. Because I feel like that fumble that he had in Week Two versus Miami, he's been kind of shut out of the offense, which I just I think is a mistake. I know he's not a highly touted prospect or anything. He was drafted in I think the sixth round out of yeah, Liberty. Yeah, sounds right. And mm-hmm. but when you watch him, he he's he makes he makes plays. He he's definitely one of their better receivers right now. Especially with, you know, guys underwhelming like Parker has hasn't done much. Even with how much how often he's out there, and Juju is just doing nothing and just hurt. And, and so he Pop Douglas should be more involved in the offense. And uh, I you know Gesicki he had a solid game. He he had the biggest play of the game with that yeah, touchdown yeah, and his touchdown. horrible gritty <laughs> at the end, uh-huh. as he always shows when he scores. And so, yeah, I think. It's it's nice, but I can't I can't get overly excited about it because it's it is one game, even though it was against a team that I didn't think they would beat whatsoever. Yeah, which I mean I think that's fair. It does support a lot of the narratives that Mac Jones can be a competent quarterback if he has an offensive line protecting him and he has receivers to rely on uh, throwing them the ball. But yes, it is just one game and. Um, you know, as as much as it's like it's just one game, it was a pretty significant one game for someone else. That is head coach Bill Belichick, who on the day that uh, news got leaked that he signed a big contract extension in the offseason, now is 300 wins. So uh, maybe at this point he will kind of be stuck chasing Don Shula for a while. I have, I have no idea what to, to make of this contract. I've heard three uh, years and you know, I, I mean, I have no idea what the length is. Not that anybody does. Maybe Rappaport does since he broke yeah, the I think news. There was, I heard three years, but that might have just been a rumor that, you know, I don't know if that's confirmed. So I guess it makes sense because maybe not only Belichick, but Kraft, maybe he really wants Belichick to get the win record. But he'd also have the loss record if he stayed yeah, for all those right. years, I mean, too. So Brett Favre. I'd, I'd, touchdowns and interceptions for a yeah while. It, it's Cy Young he's got the most wins and losses in, in baseball too I think Brady's so. been sacked the most times in NFL history so yeah so yeah. it's it's kind of just longevity <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, I I thought it was so crazy hearing that that news after you know them being one and five and oh Belichick's let's give him an extension that doesn't make any sense uh whatsoever yeah, which, after I mean they didn't it's not like they extended him on Sunday morning it was you know in it, the off season and then it which might be worse somehow <laughs> oh no well, I agree right after after the year that they just had last season uh oh man like I it make it makes no sense in my opinion to well, extend him like have have the year play out <laughs> I don't I don't I don't understand why and I, I think it's true. I think it, it makes it worse too in that oh no, like this is isn't a situation where you can just move on from him at this point, or at least he's not. I think I think there's a, a belief that he kind of put this report out there to kind of oh go yeah, I believe of, it. Like it he's was not just side. going away. Yeah, everyone is just pouncing on him, saying that right. he sucks and he should be fired, and th- you know, being a man when he's down. Like this is like the lowest point in his coaching career, or at least in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, and, the last 23 years for sure. And so he's like, okay, well, if everyone thinks I should, I suck and I should be fired, well, guess what? I got an extension. <laughs> so right. I can totally see that it was probably him and, and his side, his camp, that put it out there that he got that extension. Yeah, and there also have been reports saying that 
Robert Kraft is not going to let him just stick around and forever that, you know, if he can't lead to results that they're going to be reasons to move on. But see, I think that that's why some Patriots fans say, I mean, not a lot, but a minority of Patriots fans say, Hey, winning that game, maybe not in the best of interest. Cause okay. Yes. You won a game, but then you're still, you're still a middling football team. And that's not enough for Kraft to fire Bill. Like you, you, you they, have, the Patriots have to really suck for, to, I don't know, to get the attention of maybe. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the Kraft family, like they've heard all the, <laughs> the the bad, the bad media press that they've gotten, uh, you know, the beginning of the season, and so maybe the attention's already there. But is it enough to fire Bill? If you go seven and ten, eight and nine again, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it, it probably has to be four and thirteen, five and twelve for it to really, really yeah, I happen. Mean, it, there's a lot of circumstances beyond just the record that could go into it, but I I think that the question though would be okay, he's locked up to this contract, but it, are there opportunities for them to hire someone else in terms of the? GM role is that a possibility at this point? I, maybe Which I, it I, I, sounds I'm, I'm crazy. I'm against it, but uh, I don't. I guess it's not crazy because say what what you want about Belichick, but I I think he's still. I don't know. That, that Raiders game, they were not well coached, but I still think even though Belichick's not a top tier coach now, I mean, obviously he's the greatest coach ever in terms of history, but in terms of like right now, this season, right now, yeah. The Patriots aren't, I don't know, they haven't been well coached this year in some games, but I mean, just look at the Miami game. That that, that offense is so good, but 24 points yeah, to, hold, slow to them down be in that game most. to the very end against that kind of offense, I don't know. Like I, I think it shows a little bit. Like I don't think Bill Belichick would have a Patriots team that just gives up 50 to the Dolphins, right. like the Broncos yeah. or anything uh-huh. like that. Does that make any I mean, sense? That- no, I, I do think so. I, I agree. I do think that Belichick is still a good head coach, but it's a lot of the issues are the whole totality of power and, you know, the drafts. And beca- yeah, and because, of, free because of how he's constructed the roster, it's led to them right. not being performing up to expectations because the yeah. talent isn't good enough on the team because of how he built the roster. Right. I know. And it's uh, Which is why it makes sense for hey, maybe a GM can come in and he could still coach, but I don't know. I just But then it's that... also like is he going to give up? Is he going to take a back seat? I I don't know how realistic that piece is. That's the crazy part to me. That he's just going to let someone else take power above him. But, you know, if he's I'd... if he wants to keep coaching the Patriots, he might have to do that. So Yeah, cuz I just don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe now that he's in his 70s and the team has performed the way it's had the, these past few years without Brady and hasn't been all that great maybe maybe Belichick does have to, have to give up GM powers I don't I don't know I don't I don't I don't think he'd be in favor of it I think at this point in his career or maybe just ever that he only wants to have his guys whether if it's coaches right. or players <laughs> I think it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious <laughs> he only wants his guys when you have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as the offensive coordinators that he only he only trusts so many people <laughs> that yeah and there have been others in the picture who you know are involved in the front office and then get hired away by someone else uh, but it is a matter of you know having that title and like actually not just being someone who you kind of like yeah like I'm your boss but like I'll listen to your opinions versus like you're I you are my boss is like the the thing it just feels crazy to think that at this point in his career he would 
want that situation and wouldn't want you know his own guys like you said so look it was a really entertaining game i'll admit like i it was fun but at the same time is this what's best for the future now to say that uh, the Patriots should tank, I'll admit, there's a part of me that wants it to happen, but there's a part of me that's <laughs> uh, like, when you look at the teams that have tanked, I think I think more times than not, it doesn't work out. I'm not saying that it never does, because we've seen teams like the Jags of Trevor Lawrence or the Colts of Andrew Luck, where tanking has helped, but you see teams like the Bears, the Jets, the Cardinals, or Panthers, whatever, where tanking is is really not in the best interest. It doesn't solve all of your problems. It you doesn't know? solve it, all your problems. It builds right. a losing culture. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go with that. More and examples it, I, more examples uh, than not, like you said, there's probably more of a losing culture than really taking a step in the right direction. Right. I mean, yeah, it, and I think that like there are a lot of situations where it's just the team, like something goes wrong, the the players get too old, the roster isn't as good, and then they find themselves in a position. Like I don't think that the Bengals went into 2019 preparing to get the number one overall pick, but then they stumbled into it, got Joe Burrow, and you know it went to a Super Bowl two years later. So I do think that you know those are the kind of scenarios that work out more than ones where it feels kind of obvious of you know depleting a roster um, and everything that has built it up um but I, i'll say like with this game so i didn't see any of the first quarter of nfl action i pulled up the box score on my phone and so it was 10 nothing patriots and i was yeah shocked. they finally got off to a good start which is yeah kind of not kind of what played an important part in winning that game was finally getting off to a good start because they never get off to good starts right? no i know it's it's been a lot of like really really poor performances i mean just offense in general for this team but it took you know however long for the raiders for them to finally start getting a touchdown on the board on their uh, side <laughs> yeah <laughs> not right. the up not the opposing not for team. <laughs> the opposing team yeah and then you know eventually it was just you know the bills weren't really doing much patriots had a pretty big lead and i, I was kind of like back and forth in my head in terms of what do i want to see happen right now because the idea of the patriots winning and you just kind of being left in a pretzel of like what do i talk like how do i react to this i was like okay that could be kind of interesting um and then kenny texted us kenny cashman texted us saying that the game was over with like eight minutes ago the Patriots beat the Bills it was you know Belichick wanted that 300th win against Buffalo and then when the Patriots almost blew it and Buffalo took the lead I was like okay that would be very funny if Kenny just jinxed the, jinxed the Patriots whether he was trying to or not you know, I was I just gonna say was he trying to do it <laughs> yeah I know and then ended up winning at the end it's like okay this supports my anti-Bills take and the, the way that, you know, I've been about the Bills. Like, they looked great against the Dolphins, and they have not looked great ever since. And now it's starting to come into question the, the, uh, the what Bills, this team really is. The Bills really do perform down to competition that, you know, they think they're way better than. So teams like the Giants just last week, yeah, the Patriots, right? there's now... That that Jags team, not not the one with the uh, oh right, Peterson, no two years Urban ago, Meyer yeah, like who had like two career win. wins yeah, and one of them was against right. Buffalo when they just uh, didn't even show up. Yeah. So yeah, there are examples of Buffalo just not showing up to against teams that they have they were just way better than. But yeah, Buffalo, I'm definitely concerned about. It's definitely uh, defensively a lot of it has to do with the injuries. They've they're starting to lose a lot of guys, and then I didn't even mention how Von Miller's. He hasn't had, he's been he hasn't been out there a lot and because of that that contract is not looking great right now. Yeah, I know. Battling so, back from an ACL at that age is certainly not easy. Yeah, the, their their defense is starting to spiral a bit with the injuries and which is not surprising because when you lose like, like four of those guys I just mentioned are four 
four of their best defensive players, not literally their four best, but like what four of their what top seven? <laughs> yeah, that I means certainly up there. I know they've they've gone undergone a few changes. They lost some guys in the off season, but yes, I mean that's a big piece of the Bills being great is having great players on both sides of the ball. And when you lose a lot of great players on one side of the ball, it, it's going to hurt your overall team. And then just look at offensively, we, we've we've kind of repeated these issues that a lot of it is just Stephon Diggs, and then it's a drop-off yeah. to whoever you go to next. And Dalton Kincaid finally had a sort of a breakout game. And then Gabe Davis, you know what you're getting from Gabe Davis. Uh, <laughs> he's either going to be uh, the man or he's going to be invisible. <laughs> so Yep, and this uh, was a I, game where he was invisible. Yeah, and... They they really need a slot guy, whoever it is, Hunter Renfro. Uh, I, I don't want to say Cole, Cole Beasley, Beasley. <laughs> but, but but someone someone a uh, slot receiver, whoever it yeah, is. Yeah, sure. Hunter I mean Renfro, Renfro. Yeah, he's been that in the trade work. market for a while. I, I right. feel like he'd make a good fit. But ju- uh, it's just that you need Josh Allen needs a guy who, who you can give quick passes to because there really isn't a lot of that. I mean James Cook sort of, but but really needs a slot guy to get the ball out uh, more more quickly because his O-line performed really poorly in that game. He had no time to throw. And uh, yeah, and, and then Josh Allen's still turning the ball over too much of late. And yeah, like, which I think is a problem. You take the good with the, uh, you take the bad with the good with Josh Allen, but it's kind of becoming more of an issue this year than I feel like, or more recently. Yeah, no, I get it. He's a fun football player to watch. He's someone, when he's on top of his game, looks awesome. But you see those turnovers. You see those back-breaking plays far too often. You see him being reckless, and it just it comes back to hurt the team. And It, it, it looks inevitable that whatever happens at Buffalo, it's just going to be, whether it's the wild-card round, division round, whenever it is, they're going to look great at times, but you're just waiting for them to fail in a big spot. Right. No, I, I agree. I mean, that's kind of how I've looked at this team. And it's just a matter of when does that big failure happen? Not if, when. Right. So this week, another primetime game for the Bills, uh, taking on the Bucks Thursday night football. So probably a few see, hours after I can after see them rebounding now after losing to a team that they're a lot better than. Right. And I, they're back at home. I think they have to. I think this is a game where they have to win by a lot, um, or at least convincingly, not come out slow right away from the start look like the football team that they can be and continue to play that way. Um, we, we saw them versus the Jets play horribly, especially Josh right. Allen. He was awful uh, in that game. Yeah, oh no, and too then, many bad interceptions. And then you start to have questions like, what, what's what's up with this Bills team? Are, are, are they going to make some noise this year? Or are we gonna, is it still going to be more of the same? But then all of a sudden, Washington. Uh, it's Vegas, they Washington. Them. Yeah, Vegas, Washington, who's the second Miami. team? Who's the week was, three team? It was Washington. Vegas, then Washington. Oh, Vegas, then Washington. Okay. And then Miami. Uh, yeah, Vegas, Washington, and then Miami. So yeah, they have three, three games in a row. Blowouts. And then the last game being the most impressive just given the opponent. Yeah. We're like, wow, Buffalo is for real. And then right. now we've yeah. seen them hit a stride where they look like shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. And I, I think it would be, you know, especially bad if it were to continue, you know, this week against the Bucs. So it's like... I feel like both of us have had some takes mid-season that have quickly aged poorly. I think oh, uh, yeah. the Bucks being the team to be in the NFC South is like, man, Baker Mayfield, like, look at this team and go on a bye, and I'm ready to give up on this team already. <laughs> like, losing the Falcons, Desmond to three fumbles I, in the red zone. I wouldn't give up on lost. them because that division's so bad. <laughs> no, I get it, but... 
I don't know this game. It's like it's a head to head. Two teams in the same division at home, and you lose that game that way, sixteen to thirteen. It's just yeah, like it, any yeah, any B- week Bijan, things could Bijan change. Bijan had his situation where he right. No one knows. Only what had one there. carry. And didn't, uh, didn't have didn't get to do much because of his illness, and so he right. wasn't even a factor in the game. And then yeah, the Ritter he f- continues to fumble the football and. For whatever reason, they're winning games of them. I, I don't look at them as a winner, even though they have a winning record. No, I don't either. I yeah, really right. don't I mean, understand why one why he's out there, and two, how they're what four and three with him in there. Uh, they have I, a good enough roster around him, and it's like every now and then he's had a couple of games that they've looked okay. But it's yeah, it's been a, a combination of beating bad teams and then having just good enough weapons that they can sometimes pretend to use and like a yes, decent pretend enough pretend is the right word yeah <laughs> yeah so i i don't know i think uh you know going into the season i like the falcons chances the most of this division yeah I'm i did starting too. to buy into them it, more it's... but it's also like it feels like their ceiling is so capped compared to even the other teams where it's like you can maybe convince yourself a little more yeah it, it's real it's not that i love the falcons it's just because i all four teams are just not You hate great, everyone else left. You're just forced to like one to right. win. Someone's got to win the division. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it's the... more fun than saying, oh, the Saints and Derek Carr are going to win the division and then seeing how that team looks every oh, week. Man. Can we, re- can we redo <laughs> that question of who's more frustrating to watch, <laughs> the Saints uh, or Falcons offense? Because uh, looking back on that Thursday night game, oh, my God. That was embarrassing by Derek Carr. Right. Oh, the, I know. To, to the just the checkdown king to throw it to Kamara for 13 catches one week and then just just repeat it basically uh, all over again on uh, Thursday night versus Jacksonville, and it's not even just the checkdowns. He throws it away a bunch of times too, and then you see him bitching at Olave over uh, over a bad route. Or whatever it was, and yeah, apparently I, Michael Thomas put out there that he wasn't even the first guy, or he wasn't even the first read. So, and uh, so he's basically he's kind of taking a shot at the quarterback too. And so, look, I already apologized to you, but I got to do it again. <laughs> I got to apologize <laughs> twice because because uh, look, I so from day one when he signed the contract, I hated the contract. So I don't. Yeah, oh say no, like, I totally oh, I thought he was gonna that. be awesome or anything. So uh, I hate the contract. I'd rather have. Winston or Andy Dalton at a few million than Derek Carr at 30 million, whatever it is. Like, it's just horrible value. But I did think <laughs> he was going to make him a little bit better because I do think he is a little bit better than those guys I just mentioned at the quarterback position. But wow, <laughs> it's not looking good for the Saints uh, in that contract. No, no. And I, I'll also say, just thinking about it, um, you know, as, as bad as the, the Saints offense looked, they did almost win that game. And I, I got to say, know. This, there, I, you know, it, it happens every now and then. Like, I can't stand people who are like, oh, I don't feel bad for millionaires playing sports. Like, it's like, shut up. It, they can have feelings even with money. I feel really bad for Foster Moreau. Like, that was like a great story. Like, he has cancer, battles back from it, gets out on the field, and then just, it wasn't a perfect ball, but it hit him right in the hands. And like, that would have been such a cool moment if he catches a touchdown to potentially win the game if they go for two with a little time left. And then he just, beside himself on the sideline that was a really really tough one to watch yeah that i agree <laughs> uh not much to add there i i just agree <laughs> that, was, mm-hmm. that was horrible for him 
Yeah, so I had a few opportunities to kind of do the transition here, but I think, you know, the Saints lost to the Jaguars, and the Jaguars are the Steelers' week eight opponent, and uh, it's one of those battles that it's starting to look like, man, this might actually kind of have playoff implications because Steelers somehow continue to win football games. And uh, I'm going to start off by saying this. Every team benefits by bad NFL officiating. Every team gets screwed by bad NFL officiating. I question the fourth down you know giving Kenny Pickett the the first down at the end of the game the yellow line is oh really but (laughs) it was yeah it was only off by like I don't know a yard (laughs) it looked no you're right it looked like a lot based on you know just seeing the the video evidence there uh you know the Steelers definitely were were gifted a an opportunity to take knee down instead of having to defend the next you know whatever 65 yards but at the same time, I am actually happy watching the Steelers' offense play, especially in that second half. I had things brutal first half, but three rushing touchdowns had zero all year. Big plays by Kenny Pickett. I know you know George Pickens had a, a bad taunting penalty on on one of his big plays, but Steelers' offense actually looked functional, competent for a quarter to a half, which is progress compared to most of weeks i've seen them play so part of it's because they got deontay back which is nice right it's them. huge yeah but yeah the steelers that was look i mean i i, I hate that they're four and two <laughs> but i think at least this was like their i would say this is their first win where they actually looked competent on offense and right you know not games like the the Ravens game where they they pull it out of their ass in the last five minutes of the game when the, the first 55 minutes they still sucked offensively. Yeah, or the so, Browns game where the offense was terrible literally the, the whole game The defense scored play. multiple touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the offense has not stayed in the obvious. Steelers fans certainly know chanting fire Canada in hockey games. <laughs> right. I know. And on the White House Capitol building. Like, it, there, I don't think there were any fire Canada games at the Penguins game on Tuesday night uh, because, you know, it's it's hard to, to watch that and say, you know, the offense didn't play well. Like, the offense was a good performance. And it's also like, yeah, credit to Canada. Kenny Pickett looked solid in that one made some big plays like more than just uh, you know fourth quarter two minute warning Kenny Pickett uh, and yeah I mean the offense running the ball is Jalen Warren and Najee Harris both had touchdowns so yep. if the, the, everything can come together and the Steelers offense be functional and they can find ways to win games where it's like okay the Steelers actually kind of deserve to win that game which of course even this one it ends on a you know the officials playing their hand but that you know that being said they did look the like that, the better team in that game Right, exactly. Not which ju- has not, not been not the even case just most offensively, of these games. but I mean, Cup didn't really do much. No, at all shut him down. Game, I mean, which, <laughs> which I've been hammering for awesome, when it comes but... to not just him, but just other guys. Like, uh, hey, if there's one guy that's clearly better than Ola Puka Nakua, has been great. So maybe yeah. Not I mean, he was better. great in this game too. So, but when there's one guy that's a clear alpha, I don't know. Maybe you should find a way to take him out of a game. <laughs> so yeah, no, they were able to. He had a couple drops, and it is one of those things where it, basically it's it's pick your poison in that situation. And you know the rookie continues to ball out every single week. The Steelers let some wide receiver go off like that, and uh, yeah, Cup was not the guy, but it was Nakua instead. So hard to really look at that and be like, oh, the Steelers secondary they shut down Cooper, Cooper Cup. Well, you know, someone they, else they let the other guy have the, a day. Yeah, too. exactly. So. Um, I mean, that that's still something that needs to be figured out. Joey Porter Jr., great 
in coverage. He cannot tackle. I understand kind of the the benching, although it doesn't help with Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace have also struggled to take guys down. I think the seal is, I would love to see them make a splash play and get a, a new cornerback to get in there. I mean, Pat Sertan is a dream. I don't know what that would take if it's even possible, but uh, it, w- it would be nice because that feels like the missing piece here. Um, you know, TJ Watt just continues like basic football comment. TJ Watt is a cheat code. Like every, every week that the Steelers win, he makes some kind of exceptional play. This one is an interception on the first play of the second half, set up a short field, seven yard touchdown drive. And you know, that was key yeah. to getting the Steelers yeah. offense going. He'll be in the running for defensive player of the year again, if he's not the right. favorite right now. Yeah, I mean it, it changes all the time between Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett and him and you know. Oh, Miles Garrett was books, awesome. He was awesome. Indy. No, you're right. He oh was awesome God. in this he had, game. Yeah, two uh, strip sacks and a blocked field goal through one half of football. Yeah, no, I mean, it was Speaking of teams that benefited him. from the rest, yes. though. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> oh, my God. It, again, that, that, that's also why I don't feel bad about it because, yes, the Steelers are benefits, but the Browns That one was way, way benefits. worse. Right. Th- that that P.I. call was so bad. I don't understand it. I didn't uh, even think it was pass interference, even if the ball wasn't thrown in the first row. I, uh, I don't get that at all. I, I, could Bigfoot catch that ball? <laughs> no. That way was way over his head. Just unreal, just ridiculous how that happened. And then, of course, you know, the Colts almost stop them, get it to fourth down, and the Browns finally run the ball, and Kareem Hunt is, you know, able to score from the one. So it was like, I just felt like that was what was going to happen at that point. And it's just, it just sucks. Like, I don't like seeing games decided by officials and i especially don't like it when it's a team that i really don't like that benefits and the, wins the the refs were horrible this weekend which look they it's a tough job it's, but there are plenty of moments where they make too much of an impact on the game and there's so many flags too often but, yeah. but this weekend i feel like stands out over any weekend so far where the refs were horrible this weekend but that 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 flag on the, was it People's Jones, uh, whatever the PI call. Uh, yeah, I know uh, that. Mark Cooper Browns. was the the legal contact. And okay, then, okay. So but I don't remember who was whoever it was. Yeah, it was it was a Colts backup cornerback. It was the same guy who was flagged on both plays. So. Right, that was the worst call of of. Right, because there was that there was that legal contact beforehand. Yeah, right. Yeah, Which I even do that, that was now. like kind of suspect. Like, ah, I don't think he really did much there. But you know, they they threw the flag on that one, and then yeah, the PI was right. The most that outrageous. one that one's very very ticky tack, and I don't think it was a great call. But that that last one was the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, not not a huge fan of that. Um, you know, impressive performance by the Colts. Uh, this whole year, I mean, they've exceeded my expectations. I thought they were going to be a they were disaster. I I thought they're gonna totally suck this year, and so the fact that they've been as competitive as they are, whether if it's Minshew or Richardson, uh, I yeah, they've, looked, they've definitely looked solid uh, for right. their standards. I, they're they're still gonna very likely miss the playoffs, but yes, no, I agree. But, I I still think like there are a lot of teams in the AFC who are better than them, but. I mean, this was a team that had a lot of people excited about him last year, and then between injuries and then, of course, you know, Matt Ryan just not being a good anymore. You know, like <laughs> yeah, right. Like he he couldn't couldn't do anything. It's just sad to see him out there. Led to the Colts being really bad, uh, but you know they still have talent on you know spread out throughout both sides of the ball, and when it comes together, they can win games. I mean that that whole division feels like they're. It's it's not necessarily going how I expected it to. Jaguars are now. I mean, it's going to be a tough one. They've always been a, a 
a pesky opponent for the Steelers. I, I, I like how, how Trevor Lawrence on are. Twitter was he was calling out the haters and the naysayers. Yeah, you're they're the clear favorite. Everyone right, thinks you're going to win the division uh, from from the from the get go. I know <laughs> from, there are the some people who now. do want to doubt them, but yeah, I mean for the most part, I think everyone is big on them. I don't, I don't know what that was about. It's also like you beat the Saints. Um, yeah, you beat the you beat the checkdown king. And, yeah, and the, and the Saints and their the way their offense looked for most of that game. It's right, not was... really a. It's not super. I mean, he did have a injury coming in that game but i don't know he just, did i know i mean good for him like it was nice uh to see him be able to go out there in a short week and perform coming off an injury but yeah um yeah certainly hope he doesn't do that this next week but we'll see how, how that goes might be wishful thinking um and uh i mean earlier kind of talking about the falcons in the box having some takes that didn't age very well um certainly a couple on mine that i'm starting to maybe walk back on i'll start off with the the earlier one um so last the past couple weeks been really hyping up the detroit lions and then they go into baltimore (laughs) and lose 38 to 6 and uh my response to that will be that ravens team can win the super bowl i don't believe that they can play like that every week but if things are really clicking with todd munkin and that offense lamar jackson really has things going like they are they might be the second best team in the AFC after the Chiefs. I've never believed in the Ravens that much. When I when I say that much, I mean I've always been high on their floor. I've always believed that they're a playoff team, even the years where they don't make it uh, mm-hmm. and and don't uh, meet the expectations that I thought they'd have. I've always believed in them. I've always believed in their floor, but I've never believed. I've never been a super high believer in their ceiling. That was probably the first time where I was really really impressed with the Ravens because yeah like Lamar's great he puts up a lot of good numbers especially rushing the ball and and then Mark Andrews uh he's looked solid of late too uh but you feel like their ceiling is capped with the receivers that they have or don't have (laughs) and Uh and then defensively yeah they they got a lot of solid pieces if I don't know when it comes to the Ravens they they're like I've mentioned in the past they're their injury report looks like a CVS receipt <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and so they're always banged up too. I don't know. When it comes to the Ravens, they they've always I've never been a huge huge believer in their chances of being a Super Bowl contender, but that was truly a game where even though the Lions they had a wake-up call. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, game, you're right. I still but... think the Ravens Ravens were awesome in that game. Yeah, they went up 28 to nothing on them. The Lions couldn't get anything going on either side of the ball. I mean, it just shows the Ravens can be dominant. And every now and then we get performances like this. But it's also like, remember two weeks ago when they had, what, seven drops against the Steelers? I think you don't know what you're going to get week to week. Would anyone be shocked if the Ravens follow up this performance and have an absolute dud against the Cardinals this God, week? God, no. Like, <laughs> no, it's just it's something that you kind of get used to with this team. And it, it's... <laughs> It's one of those things where I fully acknowledge that they're a very good football team. You know, they're a great rival to the Steelers. They're a team that it's like, compared to the other two in the division, I prefer them versus either of the Ohio teams. But at the same time, I also don't want to see them win the Super Bowl. I do want to believe, like, oh, their ceiling is capped, that they're not going to go anywhere. You know, something bad is going to happen. But you see a performance like that, and, you know, it starts to think, okay, maybe, maybe, yeah. I've always believed for a while now when i say a while i mean like a year plus <laughs> so not no not i get for, it yeah that cincinnati We've seen enough is the, failures right yeah i've i've believed now for at least the past one or two seasons now that cincinnati is the better team 
And I, I, I even through the first six weeks of the season, as bad as they've looked, I, I still say I continue to say that Cincinnati, when when they play at their best, they're still the best team in the division. But that that performance versus Detroit. Uh, th- that w- that was the first time I thought to myself, all right, like maybe Baltimore is the best team in the North right now. Yeah, I mean they did beat the Bengals earlier this season. Uh, Cincinnati was also on a bye, so we don't necessarily know how they would follow up those those last two wins. Which, you know, against Seattle they came out strong and did not look and good. Did nothing in the offensively half. in the second half, but yeah. luckily for them, Seattle didn't didn't either. Right, and then they beat yeah the week before they beat Arizona. Arizona, and and yeah. even that game was competitive for at least a half. Which yeah, is, no, it look, was. Arizona I mean, has looked better than I thought. Not that their record, uh, their record still blows, right. but no, they look better than I thought. If they're but, tanking, they're doing it exactly how you're supposed to do it, which is good <laughs> enough early to make it look like you're trying and then find ways to lose at the end. by Like that know, Giants game. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's week after week. It's just they managed to pull it off against the Cowboys. There you go. You just need one win to be like, see, look, we're serious here. Um, and then, you know, talking about the Bengals, I think this is kind of a – another kind of transition here to takes that have not looked as great. Um, last week, I think both of us were more concerned about the Eagles and the Niners. The Eagles just beat the Dolphins, slowed down their offense Sunday night football, and then the Niners lost to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings on Monday night football. And uh, I I don't know. I, I, I wanted to chalk up that Niners loss to the Browns as just one. I know they're still without those other guys, but uh, – I'm starting to I, have a little bit of concern, you know, against the Vikings that defense and I totally that offense the, lighting them up. I totally expected the Eagles to bounce back. As great as Miami has been this year, if you if you if you think about it, the teams that they've beaten have not been very good this year with the Patriots, the Chargers, no, you're right. the Panthers. Yeah, Panthers combined right. five and twenty three record heading into week seven. Oh, I didn't realize uh, it was in terms that of bad. the teams that they've beaten. The teams that they've beaten had a combined five and twenty three record heading into and the two week losses seven. are to the Bills and the Eagles. Yeah, and so. and 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 I I fully expected Philly to bounce back uh, after after one bad performance versus the Jets, and then when it comes to the Niners, yeah, that this this loss is more concerning in my opinion because okay that Browns game at Cleveland bad weather, the the you lose two of your best offensive players you're gonna look it's gonna look sloppy and it just came down to a missed field goal or they it could have easily gone been nineteen to seventeen in their favor. And so, so, look, it was a, it wasn't a great loss, but Cleveland also great defense. I think I think their 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 defense is really, really great. And so, it wasn't a horrible loss. It's not a great loss. Don't get me wrong, but no, it wasn't a horrible, it wasn't a horrible loss horrible versus Cleveland. Loss. Uh-huh. And I don't want to say horrible loss for Minnesota, but I think it's it's established now that Minnesota is not uh, not that that good. But defense, especially defensively, their defense is much worse than Cleveland's. And so I I think this loss is a little bit more concerning, but I'm not pressing the panic button either. If that makes sense, I, the Niners should still be. I think this should still be fine. They'll get Debo back at some point. I, I'd imagine. <laughs> it's funny. I, I I'm going to say that McCaffrey should get healthy healthier, but he, he even even coming into this game, he wasn't healthy and he still played every snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he still had two touchdowns. He, he didn't. He wasn't as efficient running the ball as as he could have been. But or the past. No, couple I, weeks. I think. Yeah, right. I think I think it's it's just a two game sample size where you're starting to see, okay, you don't have a just superstar team, which is, you know, the 49ers when you take away a couple of those pieces and it's I don't know, it's back to back losses. I know they're both on the road, but 
I need to see them beat the Bengals this week. I need to see them come out. I mean, it's a Bengals team that also hasn't looked all that great. I was going to say, the, great, the Bengals so. need to win, too. So that, that might be the best game coming up this weekend. Two teams it's a, that are... Yeah, I mean, it's a 425 CBS game, Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Two teams that are kind of... Well, mostly Cincinnati, but but just San Francisco of late because they're still a top, what, two team at least? Or I mean, two or in three theory. Team. Yeah, in theory, I mean. They should be. Right. The NFL stinks, Corey. Everyone stinks. No, I get it. I know. I know. <laughs> Even it the is, best teams are, right. are going to struggle. <laughs> I know. Whether it's parody or it's just, you know, we don't have a dominant team. I, th- I think that's part of it is you just don't have a dominant team. But it's also just like, I don't know, the, the whole – you know, Brock Purdy is a top ten quarterback in the NFL. It it hasn't looked uh, that way the past couple weeks now. Which he, he, he wasn't he terrible miss, in this game. It was a bad interception and at the end, yes. And I saw he's a concussion. So yeah. yeah, so he might miss week eight and we might see Darnold out there and see how I'm that looks. But, fully but yeah, on board the, with the, the Sam Darnold leading the Niners of the promised land <laughs> narrative. <laughs> such a weird thing to say. But but yeah, Pur- Purdy did not look uh he didn't like look great. It's, well, at the end of the game, really, with those costly right. interceptions. Uh-huh. I mean, that that is the big thing there. Yeah. And, of course, look, the, the Vikings, like, people want to give up on them, and now they rip out two Now they have wins. a good win. It, it, kind of like the Patriots, where, oh, they yeah. finally have a good win. Like, should we take them seriously? And then, you, I mean, you look at the Vikings' schedule coming up, and you just see a lot more winnable games, starting with the Packers this week. Now it is in Lambeau Field. Again, you know, division rivalry, but Packers... Yikes! They oh, have not losing been to Denver. Great. Yeah, and, that's and a Jordan, that's a tough one. When it comes to Jordan Love, if if it was between him being the next guy or 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 failing, I, I would have leaned failing. But I don't know. The the first three weeks, he looked like a really solid quarterback, and he was doing it without Aaron Jones, without Christian Watson, and I guess he looks worse with with those guys than without him. <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently, I don't right. know. The, both those guys are still dealing with injuries. It's, now Watson might be. Uh, really hurt I don't know um, maybe out for a couple weeks I don't know but yeah the, his, his pocket presence hasn't been great and his accuracy comes and goes and it, it's 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 definitely concerning now because because I remember his first bad game it was it was against Detroit on Thursday night right yep yeah Detroit Thursday and night. it's like all right well he had one bad game but those first three games he looked really really solid and you expect him to turn around but now it's a streak of bad games where all right what's going on here yeah right I mean I'm I was starting to believe in him after that Saints comeback win and it's just it has not aged well for him and things have not looked great I I'm certainly questioning him um, and I think that there are also some people questioning the his rivals quarterback the Justin Fields with Tyson Bajan. Oh, you mean T-Bag a, getting a win? Yeah, putting <laughs> off a great performance against the Raiders, which... Bajan 007? I mean, yeah, look, I don't think that the the Bears should not go back to Justin Fields when he's healthy. I don't know when he'll be back out there. Like, I, this one game is not enough for, for Bajan. I think mostly because the Bears still need to see what they have with him. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. You know, yeah, Justin Fields nice, had nice performance one in thirteen guy. in his last four team, and and that one win being against the the I think it was against mm-hmm. the Patriots or no the the Washington no, was uh, a, Commanders. Yeah, Commanders right. It was game, the yeah. Patriots, but his but that. his previous win before the Commanders game was uh was the Patriots a year ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you look at the win loss record, and all of a sudden you see Bajan out there in his first start, <laughs> just win a game, playing well, yeah, winning a game against which, Brian Hoyer. Uh, 
and I mean, you can also say Josh McDaniels on the Raiders. Like his resume of losses and like how everything that's happened since he's been hired. Just this is another one tossed out there with the losing to Jeff Saturday in his head coaching debut. That one's still the worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean that one can't be topped. And then there there are others that are kind of slipping my mind right now. I know there's one other like really bad one he had last year. But on top of just the fact that the Raiders made the playoffs in 2021, and I think they're like 15 and like or what uh, 15 losses or 17 losses I, I don't know it's very very bad um, the, how quickly it's been in a season and a half some of them slipped your mind some of them mm-hmm. came back to memory for oh, me the yeah. rams thursday night game yes when they were up yes 16 the baker to three mayfield game against yes. baker mayfield yep. with a few minutes left and just been signed off the it. street yeah so another one i remember it wasn't look the team they lost to was great but when you factor in some of the coaching decisions, that Monday night game versus the Chiefs, where True. they went yeah. for two or or yeah went for two and failed, and, and it cost them. Yeah, I mean, and they were up Devontae early in pushed that. the guy. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a bad loss uh, in terms of who they lost to, but just the way that game played out, the Raiders could have easily won that game uh, if if some things if they made better decisions or coaching decisions in that game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a fair point. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders are a disaster right now. So uh, it, <laughs> the, the Chargers are have been obvious, obviously worse than I expected. <laughs> and uh, they, make, they make me look so dumb every year. But they could still finish second in that division because the Raiders and Broncos are just disasters. Yeah, which I mean, the Raiders are second in the division right now, which is crazy to think about. And then, you know, the Chargers losing to the Chiefs is not necessarily a bad right. thing. They, but, they've lost know. to good teams, at least the Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, where you expect them to turn it around as the season goes on. And I still think they'll finish second, but <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out. Sunday Night how... Football, Tyson Bajan coming to SoFi Stadium. How is so. that not flexed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I, I don't understand how that game got stuck there. It feels like there'd be opportunities on the schedule to, to put in that time slot instead. That's a horrible so. Sunday night game. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. Definitely very little incentive to want to stay up late and watch the end of that one. Although maybe I'll miss a great Tyson Bajan performance on, on Sunday night football. So um, but yeah, so that's uh NFL week seven, a little bit looking ahead to week eight, so uh, about halfway through, almost not quite, especially with week eighteen. So, but uh, we are we're approaching the end of the Major League Baseball season. So let's uh, move forward with that, and we have our World Series: Texas Rangers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I think that these are two series that um, we're very much all over the place and. I did not see either of these teams making it here, but both of them won two games, game six and game seven on the road. And, uh, you know, let's let's start off by talking about the, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. That's the one that most recently happened. I feel like that's the one that you're probably the most opinionated, uh, upset, whatever terms you want to use about how that one played out. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm thrilled that, hey, Philadelphia fans suck it again, but... <laughs> Uh-huh. But oh, that's gross! It's so gross that it's the Diamondbacks versus Rangers. Because if it were Rangers Phillies, I would be def I'd definitely be interested. Because I mean, obviously the Phillies, I find them to be a compelling product and a lot of, a lot of stars, a lot of personalities on that team. Right, yeah, and very fun I really team. Thought, I thought, yeah, they're a fun team, and I thought they're destined to win this year with how, with how things yeah. are playing out. And then, like even the Rangers, I, I don't, I, I don't really care about them, but. Watching them in that Astros series, 
I thought it was over once once that Altu I said it to myself that Altuve is going to hit a home run here very next pitch <laughs> right. hits it out. Uh-huh. I, th- I thought the series was over after that. Same. But the I know Rangers- he hits that and it's like they go up 5 to 4 after losing yeah. the whole game going back to Houston. So Yeah, I thought all the momentum was going to go to Houston there, but luckily it was that repeat of that 2019 World Series where it was just the road team wins every right. game. I know luckily. it's happened twice in MLB history, both times yeah. in the last five years featuring the Houston Astros. Yeah, so, so no, like the the Rangers definitely, they they definitely got my attention. Like they're definitely fun to watch. Um, with Seager, I great. mean they have their own stars. Yeah, Adolis Garcia, Adolis Garcia is the man. Oh, I know, uh, I love he, that. I. I love that you get another like former Cardinals player who they just let go, and then he becomes a star in another team after Randy Rosarena with Tampa a few years ago. So oh, he absolutely killed it in the in the end of that series. So it was, it was that was he was fun to watch. Avaldi, I'm a fan favorite. Love seeing right. him. Yeah, succeed. I mean, he's, and he's it would have awesome been great. It would have been great to have. Uh, Evaldi on one side, and then Dombrowski on another, like just a Red Sox thing. And yeah, yeah. Kyle Schwarber. And, on the and other. No, yeah, and Kyle Schwarber, thank you. And another thing is, it would have been nice to see two teams that spent. Granted, yeah, we did. We didn't agree on every single move that both teams made, especially well, really the Texas side of it. But but you're rewarding two teams that spent through the nose to get the players that they wanted and. Teams like that should be rewarded, not the freaking Diamondbacks and their eighty-four <laughs> wins. And Corey, you've you've mentioned in the past. Uh, how do you like a, how do you like this format? And I was kind of wishy-washy uh, about it. Now I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> now I think it sucks. If you're rewarding a team series. like the freaking Diamondbacks and their eighty-four wins and the roster yeah. that they have, that that's bad for baseball. Uh, I, I I don't I, I don't love it either. I know, and that's I agree. I think it's it's not great. Uh, it's one of those where so look, if you told someone on June 25th that the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks are playing in the World Series, they'd have one of two responses. One would be, "How? I've been watching NBA and NHL the last two months and not keeping up with baseball. What do you mean these two teams that?" lost 100 games a year ago are going to be in the World Series. And then the other response would be, oh, I've been paying attention. Yeah, like they're two of the best teams in baseball. That's not surprising. Uh, both of them, I mean, Texas is still 90 wins. They were tied with the Astros. It was just, Texas you know, got the, the off to a hot American start. Uh, them, yeah. them being in the World Series but, is not a fail. It, it, they, no, they, were, it's just, they definitely have a lot of good players. The, the Rangers problem with spent- the American League was you had four to five, six six really good teams and then none of them played in the al central and that just threw off the seating it threw off the the brackets and everything it was just you had to get minnesota you had to get one of those crap central teams in there right yeah but i mean it's i mean they're a wild card but at the same time arizona it's like they have some talent on this team but you look at the 84 wins and you just they're like what why how did we let this happen it really is it's a Marte with his hitting streak he's a good player uh, Corbin Carroll's uh, like a stud. Him. I mean, he could be a future MVP in this league. He's he's just an absolute star as a rookie. Um, I liked Evan Longoria when he was with the Rays. Yeah, on, and on he's, that 08 team and other years. I I, I always found in, him to be a really solid third baseman. But yeah, not that he's World good Series now. He's hitting at the no, I mean line. no. He yeah, he's great in Tampa for a long time. You got um, you got freaking Tommy Pham batting cleanup and. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Gabby yeah, Moreno he's been a nice nice acquisition for them I forget he was like a they got him for like nobody it was just a crazy like how did this happen it's kind of similar to Garcia going to Texas um 
he's been a, a star for them. Zach Zach Allen, he was if so Blake Snell is going to win the Cy Young, but Zach Allen could finish second in the Cy Young. Like they have a they have an ace. Uh, Diamondbacks have some guys that are kind of worth talking about in terms of their roster. But yes, they're an eighty four win team. They're not the Phillies. They play in Phoenix, Arizona, which I mean it's market size compares to some of the other big ones, but I don't know <laughs> what to expect from a fan perspective. Like there are certainly a lot of Phillies fans in the NLCS in Arizona, so I find the Rangers to be an interesting team, and if they were, I mean, I, I want them to win now, <laughs> but I hate that they're the most interesting team. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, if they're yeah, Rangers no, I Phillies, I'd have been totally okay with that, because even uh, if I find the Phillies more interesting, and I would have rooted for them over Texas, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've, I've grown to like the Rangers uh, recently, in ter- just of how they played in this past series, beating the Astros, thank you. But right. my God, the Diamondbacks are just a whatever kind of team. Where I, <laughs> like, who cares uh, about it? Do, it doesn't interest me. It really doesn't. When if the Rangers are the most interesting team in the series, then that's I don't think that's really. I don't. I don't know how you play it up. If you're, I mean, I guess hardcore baseball guys can play it up, but it's just yeah. I mean, oh, this is gonna be one for the ages. <laughs> Rangers, Diamondbacks, here we come. No, no. I mean, having the Phillies would make this so much more compelling in terms of you know viewership and you know storylines and stuff. Like a Philly, oh scumbag Philly fans, another championship. Are they gonna lose again? And you know, Texas Rangers, it's Dallas. It's you know they used to have all these stars. They spent all this money on this team in free agency the past two years. But yeah, it, like it, yeah, that, I mean, that matchup. Harder sell. That matchup is a much better sell. No matter who wins, I, I don't. Yeah, right. I'm not gonna. I would. I'd be fine with either of the, the Diamondbacks. No, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to know who's responsible for the Diamondbacks making the World Series, look no further than the Milwaukee Brewers. Who? Um, here's a fun stat: every team who has beat the Milwaukee Brewers in the playoffs has gone on to advance to the World Series okay, in their so- franchise history. Yeah, 1981, they lost to the Yankees in the ALDS. They went on to the World Series. Uh, 82, they went, They played the World Series. They lost to the Cardinals, so it, it counts, but not really. 2008, the Phillies beat them. 2011, the Cardinals beat them. 2018, the Dodgers beat them. 2019, the Nationals. 2020, the Dodgers. 2021, the Braves. And now 2023, the Diamondbacks. Just insane <laughs> how every year it's just, oh, you beat Milwaukee in the first round of the playoffs and you end up going on to the World Series. It's like a so. good luck Chuck kind of thing, if you've ever seen that movie. I haven't. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't want to explain the details of that movie. Okay. But, I was going to say, but, I couldn't even possibly gather. How all right. You know what? I'll just be. say it. So in good luck Chuck, any girl that he does, ha- ha- uh-huh. has sex with, they immediately find another guy th- to marry. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so he, he the... ended up doing that a lot, and the trend kept happening and happening in that movie. Okay, yeah, I mean, there you go. That's perfect comparison <laughs> with, with the, the uh, Yeah, that's a good analogy, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, of course, it's like some of those teams, like, all right, the Dodgers, but, you know, the the Diamondbacks, <laughs> like, they just a six seed, and they were able to keep it going. Like, I think it's it's voodoo magic at this point, however, that's happening. So, um, but yeah, that that's a good stat. Uh, we also kind of talked about the, the whole Astros, um, being the only team to be in a 
seven game series or the road team won every single game. The Phillies not playing a game seven when they've been around since eighteen eighty until is yesterday is is <laughs> outrageous. They've been around right. forever. They have more losses than any franchise. Yeah, oh, I know they're, <laughs> they are historically the worst franchise in sports history. I mean, going all the way back to eighteen eighty three. So it is part of it is like they've only had so many playoff and World Series opportunities to go to Game Seven, but it's still crazy that they've never stumbled into one, especially in, in recent years when they were constantly in the playoffs every year so that makes wild. no sense yeah so it's another fun stat you know trying to to draw things to to talk about here um i mean going to this one yeah i mean i i don't necessarily know who i'm going to root for because i could certainly see a scenario where i'm just like you know what fuck it let's just root for the diamondbacks and just see what happens from here with an 84 win world series team and it's not like i'm like a passionate rangers fan i was able to root for them over the Astros but I wasn't rooting for them against Tampa or Baltimore this is the first time I had rooted for them in the playoffs that so. that makes sense although Tampa maybe I would root for yeah them. I mean Tampa it was just because it's annoying how, how good they are in the regular <laughs> season and they just do uh, nothing after that but. yeah I mean that was like that was more of just a prediction based uh, rooting interest than anything else so but it does it does suck that they beat Baltimore with their 100 wins just finally Orioles, Phillies would have been but, a fun World Series, but I was definitely rooting for him over the Astros. <laughs> just yeah. sick of seeing the Astros being there year after year. Right, and, and now Dusty Baker's retiring. So yeah, tough, tough way to go out. It'd have been better going out on a World Series win, but so glad that he got that. You know, Astros Phillies would have interested me. Yeah, would have been fine with back. that too. Right now, no, Astros Diamondbacks would have been the worst of <laughs> matchup. Probably yes, no, <laughs> that I been, agree. That would have been the worst. But yeah, because you're either getting an 84 win wild card or the Astros just winning again yeah right so uh what do you think Astros dynasty or no dynasty um see in my opinion I've always wanted a team to win a third title to be a dynasty but still really impressive what I I know cheating I get it but (laughs) Uh seven straight ALCS appearances it's annoying but it's but that's they're still an, really impressive. Yeah, I think they're in almost dynasty. I agree. I mean, two in what seven years apart, like a, or six years two, apart. Seven ALCS year. appearances in the last seven years, four mm-hmm. World Series appearances, and winning two. Yes, it's f- fun to see, see them lose. And again, I, I don't. Maybe I do hate. I just hate that. I just hate that they're <laughs> around. Like I want them to go right, away well, now. You want to see the, someone else? Yeah, that's really it for me. It's not, it's, it's not that I. Oh, I. I can't believe they cheated because no, you know, they're the only right. team to ever cheat. Uh-huh. Uh, but so like that, that part doesn't bother me. It's just that they, seven, eight straight ALCS. I just want to see someone else. That's it. That's really, yeah, that's no, really what it comes I, down to. I, I agree. I guess, uh, Speaking of cheating, kind of going back to football, uh, what are your thoughts on the, the Michigan sign seal <laughs> scandal? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't bother me as much as other people. I've seen people say, "Oh, they need to lay down the hammer on Michigan and Harbaugh." Like, I, I don't really care. Uh, it is a wild story. It is a wild and story. Just... Does I feel like Harbaugh? He's got to win now, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I I don't know how Harbaugh can continue to be at Michigan if unless if they win to build. Well, no. Even if they win, I think it gives you even more incentive. Like, hey, he won a national championship. Go bolt to to the go, NFL. Oh, go go but, go bolt go bolt to yeah. the NFL and right coach the Chargers or whatever. Yeah, right. Pull pull a Pete <laughs> Carroll like he did when he, he left the the Trojans to go coach the Seahawks. Like that kind of. I thing. could see like, him. I yeah, I could see him easily uh, coming back to the NFL. There were talks about 
there have been talks about him for years about leaving. Oh, I, I remember, know. I remember he interviewed for, with the Minnesota, past couple of years. The Vikings. Yeah, Minnesota. I think he interviewed with Denver at one point. Uh, I mean, there's definitely like there were already people thinking that oh, if he wins a national championship at Michigan, then he'll just go to the NFL. But I think that this gives even more of a reason for him to you know want to go away. And I don't even know how much to to an extent he's involved in this because it feels like it's all this one Connor Stallions guy and like him just. What he's doing, it it blows my mind how he thinks that he can just have like public Venmo transactions and just showing up with cameras like close to the sideline where you can be seen in the background. It's did very poor job of trying to hide this. So that's oh, why yeah, I almost feel like he was just job. on his it's, own, like a rogue mission. Might as well just so. own it at that at that point. At this point, yeah. But, there's uh, a SEC shorts. Um, they they put out a, a parody video of the situation that was just like very funny. It's like you're they're kind of exaggerating, but at the same time, it's like no, this is more or less what they were doing and just like being very stupid about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is a it's a situation that you'll need to continue to monitor. I think um, I don't necessarily believe that the sign ceiling is a significant reason why Michigan has been as great as they are I mean I, I think you know I, I get it it's you know Deion Sanders like oh you know what's coming you still gotta stop it but I think it is reasonable to say well they got to the college football playoff two years in a row didn't know who their opponent would be didn't have their signs and then the the one year that Michigan was actually really bad in the stretch 2020 there were no fans in the stands to steal signs so <laughs> you know probably just a coincidence right <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You're uh, asking the wrong so. guy. Although I'm a Patriots fan. Maybe you are asking right, the right guy. Exactly. That was <laughs> I, it would have been better with the Patriots. So, uh, you know, I'm glad I still got an opportunity to sneak it in there talking about the Astros instead. I, I could totally so. see uh Harbaugh being in, in the NFL again. I, I, I hate I don't know, co- college coaches transitioning to the NFL all, pretty much almost always never work out i feel like there are way more examples of coaches not working out than than actually working out but i think harbaugh is in that small minority of where he actually did make a difference because that niners team look the niners they didn't have a good record before he took over but there there was a lot of talent on that team and so just that coaching trans transition where he came in niners were immediately two seed in the nfc championship game he got the most out of Alex Smith. His coaching style, it will wear out, but for two to three years with a with a team that has the talent to win, just needs the right coach, it definitely makes an impact. Right. No, I I do think that he he is in that that rare boat. I mean, Pete Carroll is another example. And it's yeah. also like I, in a lot of those cases, this guy's kind of going back and forth, you know, from the NFL to college football. I, I, he wasn't an NFL head coach before Stanford. Uh, I would, I know he I, played in the NFL for a lot of years. So yeah. I would love to see him on the bills, chargers, Cowboys, just name a team that, well, maybe not bills like McDermott's a decent coach, but he has been there a while, but I don't know. Just give maybe. me, a, uh, yeah, I know. Maybe now it's starting to, <laughs> starting to wear out. Maybe, maybe uh, it's time to, I don't know, but Bears fans a- want Harbaugh in Chicago. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work with, see that work would with, uh, see that would not be Caleb the team Williams. to go to. <laughs> that team doesn't have anything. It has to be uh, a, a team that's ready now. Uh, just needs you know a, a much. Better yeah, I mean the coach. Chargers. I'll say the Chargers if they 
passed essentially on Sean Payton by keeping Brandon Staley one two one year too long and end up with Jim Harbaugh instead. Oh, and, and then that I, and then I'll be back on the really bandwagon well. again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, oh, this is finally the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, but that, no. In all seriousness, though, that one of those three. If I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm missing any other teams, but a team that has the talent. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is also only not a rebuilding seven, team, so it's certainly possible that more situations could could potentially open up here. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's fair. I feel like he would be more willing to jump sca- without the scandal. Uh, but you know, if he's being pushed out, or you know, feels like something bad is going to happen if he sticks around, then I guess leaving. But he also could uh, put his alma mater in a really bad spot if uh, things really go haywire. Uh, over these next few weeks or months with that sign stealing scandal so but uh anyway let's get ready to wrap this one up by talking nba as the 2023-24 season is officially underway denver nuggets drop the banner uh beating the lakers on tuesday night and uh our celtics uh just tipped off it looks like so says espn said seven o'clock but i see it's only ten forty-eight in and it's seven sixteen. so uh have missed even less than we thought we would um but let's kind of kind of start there and really this season it feels like we're having the least amount of parody going in on paper than we have in the past i don't know five or so seasons pretty much since the the warriors dynasty started to crumble because uh, it feels like there's there's four four to six teams but let's start with the east where it feels like it's a two-team conference oh, boston yeah. celtics milwaukee <laughs> bucks and everyone else is just hoping that one of those teams fails somehow to have a chance i'm not i'm i'm not gonna totally count out the Miami Heat, just because for whatever freaking reason with that talent, <laughs> they still find a way, find ways to win and make it to multiple finals now with Jimmy Butler and the rest of the team that they got. But yeah, it does seem like a clear two team race with Boston and Milwaukee. And you could say the Eastern Conference Finals is the NBA Finals because. Yeah, oh, it's, it's certainly possible. Like, those are the two co-favorites. I don't necessarily think that. You know, teams like Denver and Phoenix or the Lakers, the Warriors, like I'm not going to say, oh, they have no chance. I mean, we're talking about June and October, but I mean, on paper, the Celtics and the Bucks are the two best teams in the league. So I understand that narrative. Yeah, I, I think the Celtics, uh, look, I love the moves that they make. They made this this offseason. Look, oh, look the, the four teams that I truly root for, I'm not high on <laughs> the other three so i got i gotta be excited about one team and i'm, de- I'm uh, definitely excited about the celtics definitely got m- the the I'm, I'm definitely uh in on them for sure i gotta be excited about one team and their starting lineup is so loaded i, I love their starting lineup with of course brown and tatum and i i'm i'm hoping Porzingis is gonna be just like what he was in new york or maybe even washington because i like I mentioned in the past, I didn't watch a lot of Washington Wizards basketball last year. Why would he was you? awesome last year? It was his yeah. best season. If he has that kind of form, then I'm definitely all about that move. And yeah, so they got that, such a good backcourt too now with Holiday. And Holiday, White. yeah, Holiday, White, Brown, Tatum, Porzingis was the easily the best starting five. five. Maybe not easily, yeah. but in my, it, yeah, I mean Al Horford. It depends on who you're playing I mean, against the Knicks. I, I think that's fair. Julius Randle is there. Yeah, I you know, think I think it should but, be Horford on the bench, uh, but in certain matchups, you put him in the starting lineup. You put Derek White mm-hmm. on the bench. 
Right. That's that's how I, I agree. I think, you know, between those six, like that top six can go toe for toe with any team in the league. I mean, easily. Their, their so. depth is a little bit of an issue because, look, yes, they, yeah. brought, in Por- they brought in Porzingis and Holiday, but they did lose Brogdon. They did lose Rob and Smart and right. Grant. And so, yes, you're taking a hit in terms of depth, but I feel like in the NBA, the starting lineup matters much more and in terms of they could find depth guys as the year goes on because that, that, that's the hope whether it's yeah, on that, the that roster the hope, or stumbling on someone yeah that, uh, that that is my the hope is that i mean i don't know who that guy is or or guys are but mm-hmm. yes because after horford it does get dicey with pritchard hauser and whoever whoever else you want to name so their bench is definitely going to take a hit but yeah got, i mean o'shea Brissett, lamar stevens you have those guys uh Namius Keita, like they're going to be relied on as you know in in big minutes and potentially if Horford and Porzingis but need just, rest just or, or comparing hurt, them so. to the 08 Celtics heading into that year it's like okay oh man we've got this big three like uh and then we're, we're, who else we're going to the promised land but heading into that year there were a lot of questions of who else is going to step up and a lot of bench mm. guys stepped up like eddie house leon poe james posey yeah i mean now, Rajon, i don't Rondo think the, and i don't Kendrick think Perkins the celtics bench this year is uh-huh. going to be anywhere near as good as that bench but if you have guy other guys step up come out of nowhere or find guys that you trade for that'll help as well. But it really comes down yeah. to the starting five, and their starting five is awesome. Yeah, and the reality is Milwaukee isn't necessarily in that much better of a position when it comes to having a ton of depth because they also gave up a lot of pieces to bring in Damian Lillard. So, yep. um, that, and, I mean, it... Now, I think the Celtics, uh, look, I love their moves, but if you ask me which is the best move, I would say Lillard. Because that, that duo of Lillard and Giannis, in my opinion, yes. is the best duo. Well, maybe, maybe Jokic-Murray, but just because they're coming off a championship, but I love that duo of Giannis and Damian Lillard. And I know, I know yeah, Damian I, w- Lillard. I would still put Giannis and Lillard uh, Ahead. above, above Jokic and Murray, okay. but it's also like, we haven't seen them play together. You know, heck at Jokic and Murray were just awesome last postseason, and but it feels like it Giannis. Yeah. It feels like that should be the best duo. So just what those two can do on the offensive end of the floor, where Giannis just dominates the paint on both sides of the floor. And then Damian Lillard just, a stone cold killer offensively. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, and both those two with their mindsets. I, I, again, I know Damian Lillard doesn't have a championship, but I don't know. Just both those guys are obviously studs, but I don't know. I feel like both those guys have the right m- mindset as well when it comes to. Yeah. I mean, Lillard did run away from the grind to, yeah. to go chase the title in Milwaukee, but I know I, I do. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. A, he's a killer. Damn time is a real thing. Um. Yeah. So I mean, Damian Lillard in Milwaukee, Bradley Beal to Phoenix is another one. I, I I think the Suns roster shaped up much better than I expected it to when they first made that move, and it was like, wow, they have four players on their team right now. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, things ended up coming together there. But uh, you know, so we talk about in in you know going back to the NFL in our divisional preview episodes we always kind of mention a player who we believe can have the biggest impact in that division and uh, oftentimes uh, I find myself looking at guys where if everything goes great then you know this could be a a huge addition or if things go terribly then this is like it could blow things up and as big as you know Lillard and Beal are I kind of feel like Porzingis fits into that if he is as good as he was with Washington last year and like plays his potential as like the third or fourth option, I think the Celtics could be unreal. 
But if he can't stay healthy and all of a sudden you're like, who is in the backcourt? Then I, I, that's how you kind of get into that, that like that's dicey how, scenario. Yeah. The, when it comes to the Celtics, you could say Porzingis is kind of the X factor in that. Yeah. He has to stay healthy and he's not going to stay healthy for 82 games or anything. No, you don't necessarily need 82, but, you, but, you, but you'd like him to play 60. He plays 50. That's an issue. Yeah. I mean, at least 66, I think is the new rule for being eligible for a award. So I'd like to use that as a benchmark, but yeah, I mean, if he's out and misses half the season, like that could be a huge difference with this team. If some of those other guys don't step up, uh, and then, you know, then all of a sudden Al Horford's being relied on to play a ton of huge minutes. You have Jason Tatum playing like the four spot in, in a lot of lineups. So I think that that is uh, it's kind of a, a scary situation that you end up in if Porzingis isn't able to stay on the court. And he does deal with some of those injury issues that he's Yeah, because you already with. traded Rob. And I'm still in favor of it, even if it's a tough loss. Yeah, no, I love having Drew Holiday. I, just, I love Drew Holiday, but uh-huh. you already lost Rob, and Horford is just getting older. <laughs> he looked old in that last last year in the, the playoffs uh, on the offensive yeah. end of the floor. No, he, he, really he was did. missing so many shots. And having yeah. Porzingis, having Porzingis as your, what, third or fourth option offensively, I still think is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, and that's why I say, like, this team could be absolutely like unreal this year if he's able to play close to a full season and you know be that number three guy like if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are one and two and he's like an awesome number three then yeah I think the Celtics should be the best team in the league it's truly championship or bust which I know you could say the last couple years you probably could have said those years were championship or bust too but heading into the 2021 season 21-22 with Ime, yeah, you have a new coach, and you know that middle of that year they were barely hanging on to a playoff. Yeah, spot. I wouldn't call that your championship or bust. Yeah, you know, but it just felt like to that the year the, they did make it to the championship. Yeah, it felt like that at the end, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it certainly wasn't like that in the middle of the year where it's like, oh my god, is Ime the right guy? Do we gotta fire him and find, right. find a new guy? But then uh-huh. all of a sudden they magically turned around the second half, and and then last year, oh, they were so disappointing at home, and. Uh, you know, felt like they were, they should have been, they should have won it that year too. Uh, I, I felt like they had the best roster, but now they're like really, really all in because they, they traded away several key guys. And I, I know what Marcus brought, but Marcus Smart brought to the table, but at the same time, I feel like it trading him away is really going to help them in terms of uh, making it more of Brown and Tatum's team and, and not having smart on the team with that the the whacked up ego talent ratio in my opinion and yeah um no i agree i I, i'm excited to see how this team does this year just from having a new roster it's not the same stale team that's been been rolled out there year after year and that kind of starts with having marcus smart being memphis instead of boston now yeah and and adding offensive talent like porzingis if he can stay healthy and then but drew holiday I think I like that move even more, even though they gave up, again, two guys, two key guys mm-hmm. in their team and Brogdon and Rob. Just having someone that, a true point guard, which I've always, was always wanting uh, for the Celtics, and a guy who's a, a proven winner as well. And, and makes yeah. for deadly backcourt on the defensive end, especially. Right. No, I, I, I've always been a big Drew Holiday fan, so I'm excited to have him in Boston and see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there are 
four four to six teams who come into this year with some level of championship or bust at least from the mentality if you don't win a championship then the season feels like a failure yeah. um as be, much as Giannis be, won't admit it the Bucks are one of those teams yeah. with the Celtics Celtics Bucks and then in the West it'd be the the Nuggets Suns Nuggets, Lakers Suns. and Warriors that you mentioned yes. earlier yeah those right. are the six teams I'd look at as well yeah, and after that, I mean, th- I think there are other teams who can kind of start to sneak into that pack, especially if a team like the Lakers or the Warriors disappoints, which wouldn't necessarily shock me. I mean, they were the six and the seven seeds last year. I know they, you know, ended up having success in the playoffs, but uh, it does feel like that is kind of the class of the league right now, and then everyone else is kind of somewhere in tiers below where. The goal is, you know, avoid the play-in game, you know, be in that top four to six and see what happens or just even making the play-in, you know, being in the playoffs. And then certainly some teams that are toward the bottom. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the Eastern Conference, so you mentioned Miami. I think that the next, you know, four teams or whatever you have to look toward. Philly still has to be included in there, but I'm Philly. hoping they have a disastrous season. Uh, I, I, they should. James Harden's a loser. Right, <laughs> he's, I know. I he, he's he, supposedly I, playing tomorrow night. Or, I, yeah, I Thursday can't. Night. I, I can't believe it. I thought he'd be. Gone I know. I'm now. shocked. I right. thought he'd be on the Clippers, and I don't know. Although the Clippers would be kind of dangerous if he were on that team with Kawhi and Paul George, if they were ever healthy. And that's that's the big thing with the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are a team that they could they could easily be the best team in the Western Conference. But I also just can't believe in their ability to stay you know, be on the court. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, outside of those two, Knicks and the Cavs. I mean, those are two teams that it's like you have to include them as some level of a threat. But I, at the, uh, they're, I don't they're, I don't see either that, of them beating the Celtics or the Bucks. At, at they're in strength. that low, like what, five to eight range seed range. Those yeah, I mean, I, I would I would put him in the three to six. I think it's those four, and then I don't know the Nets, maybe Toronto or Chicago. Um, but I mean, it's yeah. It, to me, it's like that's kind of where those teams sit. And they, I would say, Cleveland, New York, Miami, Philadelphia, in that combination, are going to finish three through six, and maybe one of them can be somewhat of a threat to the Celtics, but I just, I, I can't buy into any of those teams right now. I think it's really just feels I, like Boston, Milwaukee, I, and then a big drop off. Miami again is the, the team that I would make the best case for of the, the teams after Boston and Milwaukee, because they have proven it uh, multiple times now in, in that they're a threat, even if their talent is nowhere near as good as teams like Boston or Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, so, I've so I've doubted them they, too they, often to completely write them off. But. Right. So, like, even even if I think Boston, Milwaukee are way better, they would be the team I would like next, just because of what they've proven over the years. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I think it's fair to to put them there. Um, I have a hard time distinguishing between New York and Cleveland, and that I think that you know if everything goes right, Cleveland defensively plus Donovan Mitchell, like they could be a really serious team uh but at the same time i saw them just not even show up in the playoffs against the knicks like it was just a really bad series from them and i i also just can't believe in in the knicks because every time things start to look good there they take a two giant steps backwards so uh it's I guess, pickings after after these teams no <laughs> you're right it is and just yeah, looking at the rest I mean, of the east it's like okay the magic and the, i don't know they, they're 
taking a step in the right direction with Paolo, maybe. But Yeah, I think the Magic and the Pacers are the two teams that I've been back and forth on in terms of who I think is going to end up in. So the past couple of years, I've been pretty good at being able to identify a team kind of rising up and making some noise. Last year was the Kings. I had the Hawks a couple of years ago. The Bulls would have looked better if Lonzo didn't get hurt. Um, I think that Indiana and Orlando, both of those teams can actually make it into the field of eight. So not just make the play in tournament, but, you know, make some noise there. And then, you know, they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. But I think the team I'm more, I keep going back and forth, but I'm a little more toward Indiana just because Tyrese Halliburton is like one of the best point guards in the league already. Like he's a, he's an all-star every year when he's healthy at this point. I don't care if Sabonis made multiple all-star appearances. I hated that trade. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I the Kings the Kings were good last year, but, you know, Halliburton definitely has such a high, high, high ceiling at this point. So, yeah. I, I and then, I mean, the Wizards are going to be terrible. The oh, Pistons God. are going to be terrible. <laughs> They'll finish dead last, probably. Or the Hornets. The <laughs> and the Hornets, yeah, right. Well, like, oh, my God. I, mean, that... I, wouldn't w- I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to be a Hornets fan. Dude, that, that team, like, you talk about disaster scenarios. Like, that team is just, they. everyone on that roster is a criminal. Like, yeah, right. They're all, all in prison at, at one point. Like, it's just, it's insane how that team is just kind of played out at this point. So uh, it's hard for me to think that even if LaMelo ball were to break out that the, the Hornets are still a serious team in the East. I still, uh, the Pist- Pistons aren't going anywhere either. I know they have, no. they've drafted at the top of the draft for what, three, four straight years now or something like that with Cunningham, yeah, I mean, they, Ivy I they... and Thompson. But now, like not now, I mean, they're still, they're still not going anywhere. I don't yeah, know I what it they is. They have the, uh, the longest playoff win drought in the NBA. Yeah, th- those Pistons teams that they had with Billups and Rip and and uh, both Wallace's and Tayshawn, th- those teams were. Yeah, no, I mean they were great in the. I 20, I hated 2000s. when the the Celtics would have to face them because they were. I always took them seriously during that era, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Ever since right. then, they've just never been relevant. Yeah, no, I mean they were a legitimate threat to that 08 team, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I tried to talk myself into them last year and Kate Cunningham went out for the season like a month in. So that didn't really work out all too well for me. It's really hard to talk, talk up most of these teams after the, after Boston, Milwaukee, it's just, yeah, right. like, M- Miami, Cleveland, Cleveland, I thought they were decent last year, but the yeah, playoffs, no, they, they totally failed in uh-huh. that first round. Right, and that's I think that kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth when talking about the Cavs, and it's just like, well, you can take Donovan Mitchell out of Utah, but you can't take uh, the Utah his out playoff, of- yeah, his playoff performances. <laughs> the Utah there. out of him, <laughs> uh, right? So that's just another another uh, disappointing finish. In the West, there's a lot more teams that you can talk yourself into, which it's a combination of. Denver and Phoenix not being as high above um, the Celtics and like the the Bucks like relatively compared to the rest of the West and just there's just like a lot more teams that I think kind of stand out like we talk about the Clippers where you want to overlook them at the same time like they could be one of the better teams in the league if everything goes right players stay healthy they get James Harden for peanuts and he actually shows up and plays well and forms a really solid big three like they're they're very much an yeah, that, that, team. that would be their only path. To, to really competing, in my opinion, is that Paul Probably, George yeah. and Kawhi actually are on the floor, <laughs> and yes. then they add they add 
James Harden for peanuts, like you said, and then I would take him more seriously as a threat. I just don't trust. I I've hung on to that Clippers thing too long. <laughs> right? Even though yeah, no, Kawhi gave, and Paul George on them. are a great uh-huh. two way duo, where they're both great two way players when healthy, but it's just forever now. That... You just never see them together. Yeah, so, I mean Memphis is another one of those teams, but John Morant suspended, and now Stephen Adams is out for the year. Like I was high on them last year. I know you're never high on them, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I love that smarts there them. now though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right. I mean, that's that's a reason to to be excited about them and and like them a little more. But um, I mean, I I do think he's going to have a positive impact on that team. I, I, I genuinely like too believe many other... it's a great fit in good ways and bad ways. <laughs> Where yeah, probably good ways because they are a good defensive team, and, and bad because I guess he's a talker, and so is the rest <laughs> of that team. Uh-huh. And I don't know, it... true grit and grind player. Yeah, so. I, I think it's a good fit, but look, I, when it comes to the West, even though you could talk yourself into more teams, I do think it'll still be the same exact West uh, semis where we had Phoenix, Denver, Lakers, LA, uh, w- Warriors, where it just depends on who's facing who. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's realistic. I think uh, the one, one prediction that I want to throw out there when it comes to the Western Conference um, – I think Zion Williamson is finally taking off-season conditioning seriously. I think he's going to play 70 games this year, make all NBA, and lead the Pelicans to the playoffs. Not just the play-in tournament, but actually make it to the playoffs. I'm I'm believing in Zion Williamson this year because last year that team was so good to start the year, and then he got hurt, and things just fell apart. And but now, I mean, I get it. There's reasons to doubt it every year. <laughs> oh, he's he's the biggest wild card there is in sports. Because yeah. <laughs> right. oh, when, he, when he's when he's motivated and he's focused, he could be one of the best players out there. <laughs> but he's also, oh man, with the the injuries, like you never know what you're gonna get out of him. And, so I don't know. The, the off the court stuff is so wild too. With the yeah, what, I guess you know, what so. he's doing and and then and then yeah, just questionable decision shape. making. Yeah, definitely, uh-huh. definitely some questionable decisions. Yeah, um, I mean the you know David Griffin or is Trajan Langdon? I think the GM straight up said, "Oh, like he finally is conditioned well this this off season." So that's reason enough for me. We'll see. They, they play the Grizzlies tonight. Still, I still uh, love- and then. I told you about the time, yeah. but I'm still going to repeat it again. I still love the time what? when he was injured and uh, he was out of shape. And on TNT, they're giving an analysis. And Charles Barkley, Chuck, he was just like, wow, it looks like me and Shaq had a baby. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. It's so funny. Um, so, yeah, like that was uh, that was definitely not a great time for Zion. So it's, if he's no motivated and healthy, then, yeah, after those – those four I mentioned, who would I talk myself into next? Yeah, I could talk myself into the Pelicans in that five through eight tier. So right, I mean I Clippers, Pelicans, that. Timberwolves. I mean that that's just, just, that's just, one of those situations where like things could go really well if that all comes together, or it can just completely yeah, blow up in their face. Like them, Sacramento. Sacramento could, is another one. I know, and I I, I don't know that I. I can see the same thing happening last year because they they were they did not have health issues at all. I mean, De'Aaron Fox was awesome in the clutch, uh, but I you know just Demonis Bonus. I get it. I understand the the concerns there. And, but he you know, is they an all star that huge contract. player, even though he doesn't look it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, their their team. I think that they're going to you know still be in the mix, but I yeah, I don't see them winning the Pacific as a three seed again. Yeah. 
Uh, if that, I mean, I could see them falling out in the playing tournament. You throw in a team like Oklahoma City this year. I mean, the Thunder, they almost made the playoffs last season. They're they way ahead of schedule. Right. So if he comes out and he's great, and then, of course, San Antonio. If Victor Wenminyama is just like already an all star caliber player, then who knows what the Spurs ceiling could be? Because it feels like they should still not be great, but see, seeing maybe highlights, enough. I still don't think the Spurs will be great. I still think they'll be either in just in or just out of the play-in. But I got to say, watching some of the highlights of uh, Spurs Warriors of the preseason, like just some highlights. I didn't watch the game, uh-huh. first, but seeing some of the highlights, it, it looked like the first time ever where a creative player was brought to life <laughs> with, with uh-huh. Wimbenyama blocking uh, and and making all these crazy shots and dunks and Right. Um, I mean, he crazy plays in a span of like 30, 60, or 90 seconds. It's just. Yeah. In a preseason game against the Heat, it was was the same way. Just, he's going to be incredible to watch. And no, when I say a great season for the Spurs would be competing for a play in tournament spot, like, I I think that their ceiling is pretty much capped. But it's just, right, being a team to throw in the mix there. Because I think that the teams that are the easiest to write off, I mean, Jazz, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Jazz, they did win 35 games last year. Like, they had to kind of do a little tank, uh, you know, late in the year for them to make sure they ended up on the outside. Jazz, um, Houston, Rockets, yep. So yeah. agreed on the, the two of them. Right. Um, and then God, the Timberwolves. I, like, I know they're talented, but, man, uh, they're something thing off. Is somebody, somebody has to off with that team. end up on the wrong side of this. Um, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. They didn't even make the playing tournament last year, so yeah, that uh, so they could be out too. The West, I think the Western Conference is better than the East, which is probably not a hot take, but you can no, talk I, yourself I into more teams. You can write off more teams in the East than right. in the West. Yes, I agree with that. And I think with the East, it's also like, well, you know, maybe this team can be okay, but it's also easy. Like when I look at the West, it's you're kind of, I almost feel like I'm forcing myself to say, oh, a team like Minnesota or Sacramento or Dallas or the Clippers or whoever, like they're not going to be great. Like something bad is going to happen. Where in the East, it's like Toronto and Chicago. Like those are two teams like, okay, uh, talent wise, they're probably top 10, but I also don't think it's a hot take to say one or both of them were to miss the playing tournament, especially if a team like Indiana or Orlando makes a, a big jump with their young talent. So just a little easier to kind of analyze the East than it is the West, just because there's so many teams <laughs> yeah, that I want to make great you can, predictions You for. can just automatically pencil in Celtics Bucks, uh, barring injury. Right. While so. in the West, you can talk yourself into at least four plus teams. Celtics 30, Knicks 18 late in the first quarter. Off to Going a great all the start. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I One mean, I would not be season. shocked if they end up losing this game because no lead is ever safe in the NBA. It feels like the Celtics are, you know, one of those many teams that fall under that category. But uh, definitely excited to see how this season plays out. Um, I guess just kind of wrap things up in terms of predictions here. Um, so do you want to throw out a, I don't know, I mean, conference finals, finals? champion uh oh geez celtics bucks <laughs> that's a hot take. <laughs> there you go <laughs> um, and then west th- it's really tough because because uh nuggets suns lakers and warriors i feel like they're all kind of uh really close with each other right God, if i had to pick um i'll say i don't know i warriors and uh suns and okay. got between the two um 
I don't know, Warriors. <laughs> so Celtics. Oh, Warriors, I guess yeah. who do you have? Do you have Celtics over the Bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay. So Celtics not, not Warriors. That, not that that's easy because yeah. the Bucks, I absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. take seriously. Uh-huh. Like I mentioned, I think Giannis and Lillard is arguably the best duo. Say what you want about Middleton, but having him as a third option on your team, especially offensively, is I'll certainly take that. And then Brooke Lopez. I mean, had to a be fair, role. I've always taken Middleton. True, seriously. you've always liked Middleton, and I've always been. Uh, <laughs> and he was but, always the second guy. Now he's the yeah, third option. Now he's the third guy. Uh, so if he's uh, your third guy, although you could say Drew Holiday might have been the right. I mean, guy. yeah, depends. I, I depends. still think like you know that team in in 2022 losing him in the playoffs to Chicago it was a huge hit. That could have been that could have been Celtics too. So right, that could have made all the difference. Yeah, because they they made it to seven games without him. Right. So so who knows how that that series would have played out if he were healthy? But yeah, um, and then Brooke Lopez had a career year last year. See if he can keep that up or at all. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Celtics over Bucks. Yeah, I guess Warriors over Suns. I'll always take the Warriors seriously, even if they're past their prime. And then yeah, just Celtics get their revenge. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I'm also gonna take Celtics over Bucks this year. Uh, I, I feel like I've I've doubted the Celtics too often recently, um, but I'm I'm gonna buy in this year. If I mean, if it might be a bias, I, it's like I the tiebreaker. Look, but. look, I. Just because I'm picking him, that doesn't mean I don't have any doubts. Trust me, I have no, doubts. Oh no, I, yeah. After certainly. after how the last last year played out, where they had more home losses than wins in the playoffs. Yeah. If no, you want to be it's... one of the best teams in the league, if you want to be a dominant team, you got to prove it. You have at to home. defend home court. Yep, absolutely. To to lose the the way they did as ma- as many times as they did at home, where that game five lost to the freaking Hawks. That was embarrassing. How <laughs> That series yeah. almost went seven. And oh, I know. Not I mean, the, there's too not many even the, games like that. Remotely in the same class as the Celtics. So to, for that to go as long as it did was embarrassing. They, they had that game five loss to Philly. That was embarrassing. And and then, of course, the Miami games are losing mm-hmm. as many times as they did versus them at home. It was, it was right. pathetic. So I'm yeah. not going to act like there are no doubts. Of course there are doubts. <laughs> I, uh, but I just feel like this is... They're really locked in for this year, um, and they're they're really pushing all their chips to the table this year. Right. No, I, and if they, I completely if, if, agree. Of all with teams, it. if they don't win the, if they don't win at all, then it's a fail. No, no doubt, of course. But who knows what the future holds after that, too? Right. Oh, I know. I think. Well, I think the one other team that I put in that boat is the Phoenix Suns, and I I think the Suns. Uh, I like what they ended up doing. I had my doubts about them in June, and I like where they stand right now in October. I'm going Suns over the Nuggets in the West Finals, and then I'll say the Celtics beat the Suns. I think it was like the '76 NBA Finals. So that would be fun. I mean, I think there's a lot of possibilities for. You could some talk fun yourself into any four so. of those teams in the right. in the in the West. Uh, maybe not. Maybe yep. probably Lakers would be last on that list. Uh, yeah, but. right. But it, I mean, he, last year they they defied expectations. They got off to that horrible start, made some changes at the deadline, and then found themselves in the Western Conference Finals. So they're certainly yeah. still a threat. Yeah. But yeah. So we'll see. Um, definitely, definitely interested, excited, a little nervous, but you know looking forward to what we got out of this uh, Boston Celtics team. And really just, I mean, the NBA in general, I, I think it's fun. We get a play in, or an in-season tournament this year. <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see that how that stuff. plays out. Because so I know the, the NBA, one, they want to make uh, the regular season more interesting. And right. it's become less in- interesting, especially since 
you feel like more and more games, more and more stars are sitting out games. Yes. You'll which see marquee matchups, in, and all of a sudden, like, hey, uh, where the heck is <laughs> this guy and that guy? Right. Uh-huh. And be, they're putting have, in more effort with some of the rule changes. Like, you need to play, I think it's 66 games, be eligible for awards and all NBA the, teams and stuff. This is that, that play, it's kind of like the baseball playoffs where I, I like the idea of they're trying to make an effort into mm-hmm. making it more interesting. Right. But I don't think it'll work out, if that makes sense. Like the like the baseball playoff format where I like that they tried it. <laughs> oh no. So I was gonna say baseball changed their regular season rules and I think it really worked out mm-hmm. with like the uh the pitch clock. But it didn't work then... out with the playoff format. <laughs> no, I mean it yeah, you're right. Early on it's well, it did. They they let six teams in and the six seeds were very much relevant in back to back seasons going to the World Series. So um yeah, I mean I, I I get what you mean in that regard. I like the in-season tournament in just that it gives a reason to feel like NBA is relevant in November and December. So that, and, that's and not, my and one you're not positive. Just, and you're not just like, hey, fast forward me to May and June. Yeah, right. Like, what's the point of watching a game right now? When you already uh, know. But if you, you have. Especially those years with Durant was with the Warriors. Like, oh, let's just pencil in Warriors Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even, the even then time. it's just like it doesn't really matter like the regular season like you said it doesn't matter as much anymore so being able to have the in-season tournament i think it's just another exciting thing i don't really understand what happens if you win i think the players just make a little more money fans get bragging rights you can buy a t-shirt or whatever but i don't know if it's really that uh you know important i get that they want to make it more interesting but i don't right know or really believe that it'll work yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I'm sure there are some players. But I think Kawhi Leonard think, didn't even know that the the league instituted the rule. So, but maybe having incentives for players will make it interesting because, it, again, that the trend of players just sitting out too many games is it's happening too often. And right, you want to see the stars out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. You definitely do. So it would be cool if it gets them on the court more often. And 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 I get that it's smart to sit guys more often so they're ready for the real games in the playoffs. Right. But at the same time, it has gone too far where you see a lot of guys sit out games, even mm-hmm. if they're healthy enough to play. Yeah, and I think there are also rules in that certain players can't all sit out together, which that's mm-hmm. the thing that drives me nuts. If you're going to sit out guys, space them out. Don't be like, oh, we're going to set out our entire starting five this game. Like That's what, that's what really pisses me off when that happens. That's so. a great point. But, yeah, so... Anyway, NBA season underway. Um, I think we're going to have a sports equinox here on Thursday night, right? Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, all playing at the same time. What do so. I watch? <laughs> <laughs> right. I did watch the uh, NHL Frozen Frenzy thing on Tuesday. That, that It was interesting. Um, definitely not NFL Red Zone, but, you know, it's still still worth tuning into for that that one night no it was a good idea but yeah nfl red zone yeah Yeah, i mean well it's hard with hockey to know when a goal is going to be scored you're just kind of hoping for the best (laughs) they're all technically in the red zone right (laughs) right i know unless they're on a power play like there's not really a a way to know for sure that something is about to happen so but uh yeah certainly a lot more football talk um nfl trade trade deadline next tuesday so we'll be able to react to any type of big moves that happen and uh just everything we see on the field in the World Series. So, I don't know how much right. I'll watch of that. <laughs> I'll try to watch a little bit, man. That yeah, I mean, I'll I'll tune enough. I'll make sure that I see the end. I always a... watch the 
whoever the, the deciding game ninth yes. inning. I always right. watch. Always I don't care who it. it is. It doesn't nope. matter. No matter who, te- whatever team it is, I always watch that. <laughs> yep, I agree. So I'll certainly be tuned in for that. So anyway, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corinne Thanks, everyone.